Hello and welcome to the Hot Copy Podcast, a podcast all about copywriting and the business of being a copywriter. My name is Kate Toon. I'm a copywriter, founder of the Clever Copywriting School and the Recipe for SEO Success eCourse. And this is Belinda Weaver. Yes, my name is Belinda Weaver. I am also a copywriter and I'm the founder of Copyright Matters and the Copywriting Masterclass eCourse. In this week's episode, we're talking all about sign-offs. You've won the copywriting project, woohoo! but now the hard work begins. Although many copywriters might be great writers, they're often not so good at project management. And we believe that your process, particularly when it comes to sign-off, can make a huge difference to both your client's satisfaction levels and your sanity levels. Okay, so this is one of my big bugbears. Bugbears? Is that a phrase? I think it is. Um, Copywriters who are great at writing, but terrible, terrible, terrible project managers. For me, project management is an important part of running a successful copywriting business. Oh, I've got a dog barking like a crazy thing in the background, but I'm going to keep on going. And I think project management matters most when it comes to sign-offs. You have to have a strong sign-off process. And the benefits of having a good process can be that it reduces the amount of amends you have to make to your copy. It ensures that you stay on budget, that you keep on time, and that you make your clients super happy. What about you, Belinda? I know you're a bit of a process queen. What do you think? No, I absolutely agree Um, to all those things. When you can manage your time really well, um, it can help you uh, turn a profit really um, because you don't waste time and spend more time than you've quoted on a project. But it's a real skill and I think um, a lot of copywriters, they say, yes, I'm going to become a freelance copywriter and I'm going to start my own business and um, I feel very confident about my writing and then all of a sudden they they're finding that they have to manage their time and do the books and do their marketing and ignore social media and still all those kind of things um and there's a point of failure i had this as well i I had this where i just went oh my god i'm being really rubbish at all this kind of stuff and it was the kick up the bum i needed to focus on it a bit more as a skill i wanted to develop so it takes practice um it takes a lot of focus but it is definitely worth it and i think especially with the sign-off process that we're talking about today this is something you often improve because of failures you have with clients. Now, what do we mean by sign-offs? It's, it's For me, this is what I think. I don't know if you agree, Kate. It's how you and your client know the project is done and, and some kind of proof of that. Yeah, or how each stage of the project is done. So it might not just be sign-off at the very end, you know, sign-offs throughout the project. Excellent do you feel point. you've completed a stage? Yeah, totally. So, you know, I think the processes are hugely important right from the get-go. In my templates that I have on the Clever Copywriting School, I have some email uh, templates and they basically take your clients through each stage of the process. So there's one for when you first get the job, when you send the invoice, when the invoice is signed off, when you send the first draft, when you send the amends, blah, 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 blah. So every single step has a communication piece to go with it. And I created those, as you said, Belinda, after you years of failure, after years of the client not getting that that was the last round of amends or that they couldn't change that now because the chance to change that was in the previous round. So that that kind of process has been articulated for me in those email templates. Um, but I think there's other ways of doing it. I think in your proposal, 
when you first send that out, you really need to make it very clear how many rounds of amends people are getting, how much time they're going to have for approval, um, you know, if proofreading is included. And then, you know, maybe at that stage, you can't timeline that all out, but you make it very clear what they're going to get for their money. That's right. And, and we talked about this a little bit in the last podcast about pricing. And that's about setting expectations. The more um, that you can lay out the framework, love me a framework, of, of how the project's going to progress and what your client needs to do at each stage. And we're talking about, you know, sign-offs and approvals specifically. Like they need to maybe approve the copywriting brief and then they need to um, sign off the, the early draft or something like that. If they know what they have to do, they feel more empowered and they're not suddenly blindsided and left unhappy and dissatisfied because there's nothing worse than leaving a client when it's gone badly. Yeah, totally. And, you know, it's, it's just like with anybody, we've all got very busy lives and undertaking a copywriting project can be a huge deal for your client. You know, you've done this many times before. They may never have worked with a copywriter. So, you know, if you don't set expectations and all of a sudden on a Wednesday at five o'clock, you say, oh, here's the copy deck. I need you to read through all of it. And by the way, I need that back by next you know by tomorrow at nine o'clock they'll be like whoa 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 you know i, I didn't think i was even going to have to do this and I, I i'm gonna have to you know anyway you can yeah, imagine confusing yeah and it's it's, it's if you make them anxious it's a fast track to dissatisfaction totally so as i said i think you can outline some of this in the um proposal and i think you can also talk about this in the early discussions that you have with your client and most specifically the briefing discussion so you know once you've talked to them about their brand tone of voice you know what you're trying to achieve talk about the actual mechanics of how the project is going to work so you know actually say okay so this is how it's going to work from here on in. You know, I'm going to be sending you this. It's going to be a Word document. I need you to do this on this date, and then I'll do this. You know, take them through it all over the phone and address any concerns they have now. You know, does that sound okay? Do you think that's enough time? Do you understand how to use track changes in Word? That can be a big thing. So, for example, um, I think copywriters, it's horrible when you get a deck back from a client and they've printed it out and they've handwritten their changes on it and maybe faxed it to you. <laughs> Honestly, it makes you want to die inside um, because you've then got to interpret their handwriting, make the changes, and, you know, They've got, you've got to send it back and go, did I actually understand this change correctly? Um, so I always, always say to my clients that I want them to use track changes in Word. And in my copy decks, I have a little explanation of how to use track changes. I'm going to include a link in the show notes to an excellent little video that Anna Butler made, um, which shows clients how to use track changes in Word. So you can actually even send them Anna's little YouTube video and say, here's, here's how to do it. Yeah. And, you know, that 10 minutes it might take for you to take them through how to use that function will save you hours in the long run so i definitely re recommend track changes and comments you know so if there's something that they physically want to change like they want to cross out a word or whatever they can use track changes but if they're just like hey i'm not sure this paragraph is working i would prefer the tone to be a bit more like this they can use the comment function and then you can interpret all of that and remove each comment as you go through and accept changes and send them a nice clean draft back to them so that's what i do yeah that's me, me too i had a link i linked to the microsoft that's what word I do. tutorial on track changes um, but yeah having that kind of information I have that in my copy deck as well and um, I 
not only talk them through it, um, but just as you said, Kate, I send them a clean deck back. And what I mean is when they have a, send me a lot of track changes and a lot of comments, which is brilliant, I don't include those in the version I send back to them because I find they distract the clients from the words. If there's a whole lot of different colors and there's comments and there's crossed out line things, they can't read the copy as you mean for it to be read. So that clean deck going back, I think is quite important. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's something that we maybe kind of take for granted, but maybe not everyone will realize that. So I do the same as if there's changes I agree with, I accept them. If there's comments I've addressed, I delete them. If there's comments that I can't address or that I don't agree with, I'll add a comment to their comment. Uh Um, But probably if there's lots of instances of that, that's the time I would pick up the phone um, and just say, hey, maybe we can just run through some of these things over the phone and just clear them up now rather than going through another round just to deal with that one comment that you don't agree on um you know i think it's important to push back on changes you don't just blindly accept them all um but yes i think it's it's so much better to use track changes i know other clients you know like they'll use different colors or they'll type over or use strike through and then you spend your whole time reformatting it back to look clean and nice and easy to read so track changes is everything um the other way that i manage my process and we've talked about this before is i use a software called basecamp there are lots of different softwares out there i think asana is another one and trello i've tried all of them and i i personally find basecamp the easiest to use um, it has a great little dashboard where you can actually set up a to-do list at the beginning of the project and you can mark out all your stages, when each draft is coming, who's responsible for it, what date it's coming, when amends are due back. And I have a preset template in Basecamp. Whenever I start a new project, I can just copy that over, change the dates, and it's ready to go. And then I upload all my content into Basecamp. The client uploads their track changes into the Word document and they put those on Basecamp. Everything lives in the same place. All the project correspondence is in the same place. The timeline is there, the to-do list is there, makes it super easy for me. and, you know, and I must admit, in my previous life, I was a project manager. I was a producer. <laughs> so it's so instinctive. It is instinctive. And, you know, it's, it, you know, I think every copywriter has a different point of brilliance. You know, maybe you're a fantastic technical writer or you're really good at being creative or, you know, you're excellent at talking to clients. You know, we're all going to be good at different things. I think one thing I would say that I am quite good at is making projects run totally smoothly. You know, the, the client is completely aware of where they are at and also getting projects in and out of the door quickly so I can move on to the next thing you know so that is really important if you want to get work coming and going if you want to get your cash flow is to not have projects dragging on for months and months and months to get the work done to do a good job to finish to have a happy client and to move on to the next one and I think like if, if people don't want to use a tool like Basecamp if that's like maybe a bit more elaborate than they want and there's or any of these other tools the key lesson there is um what you've got in writing is these stages of the project and the client can sort of you know I think we're going to talk about this in a little while but if it does all go bad you can look back and say okay well you did approve the copywriting brief in writing so you know that's what I worked from and you did you didn't say any of these comments in the first draft and you approved that so you know even if you don't want to use a tool like Basecamp maybe what I did is I had like a table in a in a 
table template in a Word document that had the stages of the project. And that's something I shared with them so that they could see progress through the project and they could see what they did and what they needed to do next. So you don't have to have a software tool. You can come up with your own way, but it's making sure that the client knows what their responsibilities are and so that you can move them through the project. Everyone knows what they're doing. Yeah, totally. There's a, two, two, a couple of other tips there as well. One thing I think is important to include a versioning table. Um, so the copy deck template that you can download from the Clever Copywriting School has a little versioning table at the beginning that just says the, the date of the version, who made changes, and and um, and also at the beginning shows the number of versions they are allowed to have in the overall project. So I have four versions within budget. Um, so again, you know, you can say, well, look, on the 21st of January in version. 1.2 you made these changes so that's another way of doing it keeping it actually within the copy deck I also have a little cheeky little Excel spreadsheet uh, that you can download as well which just has basically what Belinda said but it's an Excel and it's like you know proposal received check invoice sent check invoice paid amends received check and you just work through the stages so that you know where you are because hopefully you're managing five six seven eight twenty projects and then it's easy to look at them and go okay this these projects are all at this stage this one's at this stage you know you were talking about keeping the clients on track sometimes you can get a bit off track so yeah. anything you can do whether it's a word doc an excel a little thing on your desk a calendar to just make sure that you are fully on top of when things are due and when you're expecting stuff from the client, it will help everybody in the long run, I think. You know, my accountant gave me some good advice. I was asking him um, years ago about indemnity insurance and whether I needed it as a copywriter. And he said, well, the point of having indemnity insurance is that um, it's if you're at risk of being sued for negligence because of advice you've given on something like that. And he goes, one way to really mitigate the risk of being sued for negligence is making sure that for each project, you're, you have a documented process and you have little little dates to say, or even you just tick it off to say it's done. Because then um, it's very hard for someone to prove that you've been negligent if you can produce documentation that says that you followed every single step of your process um, and that the client gave you sign-off here, 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 and here. Yeah, so that's another I agree. good uh, payoff for that. Did you ever get an indemnity insurance? I had it for two years and then I canned it because um, I, or did I have it for one year? Um, basically, I got all my documented processes right up to scratch and made it really yeah. tight. And then I was like, you know what? I don't think I need this. Um, yeah. Another bit of advice I got was to get income protection more than yes. indemnity insurance. We should have a that that would be a good subject for a podcast to talk about all that kind of stuff because again it's a question I get asked a lot. I don't have indemnity insurance either for the same reasons. I'm super anal with my processes, so I don't think anyone could ever come back and and say that I wasn't. But I guess one of the biggest things is that no matter how well you do all this good stuff, there will still be that occasion where the client just won't follow your processes and you get way too many amends. And then then what the heck do you do? Um, well, I. I always made sure, like with one of the things you just said, I put the version in the copy deck, version one of three, version two of three, version three of three. So I tried to give them lots of signals um, to make sure they knew how many amends. When I handed over the first draft, I also said, um, you only have two rounds of revisions, so you get three versions. So it's important that you take your time, not obviously heaps of time, but think through the changes that you want made because um, I don't want you to waste a round of revisions um, 
and then come back and have loads more because so, you know, do it up front. So I'd really try and give them some tips on maximizing the value that I could offer them. So that's some of the ways that I help to minimize that. And I'd also say, um, if you do have more changes after the three versions, um, then we'll just, uh, that will be charged at an hourly rate. And they'd say, how much? (laughs) How much is your hourly rate? And that also helped them focus. Yeah, totally. I think it's also good to tell clients what you're expecting them to do. Because just saying, okay, can you read through it? Tell me what you want. They don't know what to look for. So I often say things like, can you look out for the tone of voice? Do you like the way things are written? Can you look out for things that are factually incorrect? Can you look out for anything highlighted in yellow? This is my little color. Anything highlighted in yellow needs to be confirmed by you. So if I've mentioned a date or a product name or something I'm not 100% sure on, can you make sure that all those yellow bits of text are filled in? Um, Can you answer all my questions that I've used the comments for? And I just kind of gave them stuff to do so that they were clear okay, well, I'm going to read it for, okay, cool. I need to look for this. Okay. Because just being presented with like a 20 page copy deck and being said, right, read it. It's like, well, it sounds all right. I don't know what I'm looking for. What are, you're the copywriter. You tell me if it's good. So yeah. giving them tasks can be helpful as well. I did uh, something similar. I took this actually completely stole it from Charles Cunningham, another copywriter we both know. Um, it was after we had that dinner a few years ago in yeah. Sydney. And he said he had a little blurb at the front of his copy deck that gave people pretty much tips like that um, on you know a guide to the revision process here are some notes for the person doing the revisions and it was like you know consider the tone of voice is the information factually correct and there was a few um, things like that and I just I said I'm totally stealing that and he actually sent it to me Um, so maybe I can put that in a document I know he'd be happy to share it because I've asked him before and we can include it in the show notes maybe somewhere um, yeah that's a good idea because it is it gives them a framework yeah, totally. And I, I, that, that's also all in the um, in my email templates as well. So that's, Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it's there. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all over that, baby. You are. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, but I think, you know, in the situation where you do have a client that comes back and makes an awful lot of amends, despite doing all of this, it can be really tricky. I had a client recently who just refused to use track changes. And I guess I probably at that point should have said, you know what, I'm – I'm not going to be able to work with you then because it does just make it really hard. I actually do now include reference to the fact that I use track changes and I use Basecamp in my proposal. So when they sign off that proposal, they are agreeing to using my methodology so that when they come back and say they won't, I have a leg to stand on to say, well, I'm sorry, I can't work with you then. I know that sounds very severe, but it's I just I find it impossible to do it otherwise. So, but this particular client... I was weak and she wanted to ring me up and give me her amends over the phone, which meant that I had to then type them up and send them back to her. It was a stupid thing to do. I shouldn't have done it because obviously then we had a few more rounds. And then in round three, which was really just a proofreading round, she came back and started adding huge lumps of copy, changing stuff. And I was like, dude, you can't do this at this stage. You know, you can't. We're past the point where you can add in more copy, you know. You've had your three rounds of reviews. Mm. Um, but because I hadn't stuck to my process, I didn't really feel I had a leg to stand on, you know, and I had to do it. And it was really hard. And I left the project feeling a bit fed up, to be honest, because I really went massively over time. So, um, yeah, it's, I mean, I have to admit, like, although I've said before, oh, yes, if you have more um, revisions after the final version, then it's charged at an hourly rate. Um, 
I've I've been up to version six where I'm yeah. like, and I'm starting to get really fed up. But I'm like, oh well, okay, you're just doing really minor things. I'm not going to charge you for it um, because we're so close to finishing um, yeah. that I'm yeah. not going to be a jerk about it. So you have to use your common sense. Um, huge blocks of coffee getting dumped in on the final version. No, 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 that's that's more time consuming. But it is but, hard, isn't it? Because yeah. you're also at that point where you're nearly finished. You're about to get paid. You could get a nice testimonial. And if you now start being petty about small changes and charging for them, you could leave them with a bad taste in their mouth. Yeah, that's right. It's really, it's really tricky, isn't it? Um, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't really – I think with amends, you just have to do your best to limit them in all the ways that we've spoken about. And then, you know, you have to come back to the client and say, look, it's the, I feel that this is unreasonable at this stage in the project to ask me to do this. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to charge you a little bit more. And often the client will come back and say, yep, that's absolutely fine. I'm just, you know, I just didn't think of it until now and that's cool. But I think it is a case-by-case basis and sometimes you will end up doing extra stuff for free. As with all projects, some projects slip through so easily. They're a joy. There's no drama and you love them and maybe you even come out a little bit ahead and then there'll be projects where it doesn't happen like that and you come out a little bit behind. But hopefully it all kind of evens out in the wash. Yeah, and for each project you do, you just tighten up the process a little bit. Yes, you know, you, it ends up being that you you make sure you get a good brief and you make sure the brief is approved and you just you make you put a few extra notes in your emails to make sure yes. that they understand all this stuff and that's what I've done over the years I've just tightened the process and so it was just slick by totally. the end. and I mean just to just to put that in perspective I mean I'm now in my seventh year and I like literally two months ago added something into my proposal that wasn't there before yeah um, so it just shows that you know we're continually learning you'll get new clients that challenge you in all different ways and each one teaches you something else another tip that I think is a really good one just I should have mentioned this earlier but um, lots of copywriters, you know, they take the brief and then they write a first draft, which is a good, you know, that's there's nothing wrong with that. I actually have an interim stage where I write something which I refer to as a skeleton draft. And all that is, is kind of roughly what I'm going to say on each page in bullet points. It's not full copy. It's like, okay, I'm on my about page. On the about page, I'm going to cover off this vision, I'm going to cover up this background story, which you've told me is this, this and this. I'm going to mention Bob and Sue on your management team and I'm going to have a picture of a cat, whatever it may be. I'm telling them that from the brief that they've given me and our conversation and my research and looking at their existing site, these are the 10 rough bullet pointy things I'm going to do on that page. Do you agree? And And clients love this because they go back and they go, well, actually, we don't want you to mention Sue. Sue's left and we don't like her anymore. Yeah. <laughs> actually, could you mention this extra point? And then you know, also, now we've seen it written down. Although we said that this was important in the brief, now we've realized we don't really want to mention that. We want to mention that. So it gives them an extra step before you get into the copywriting. Because as you know, if you've spent ages carefully crafting that intro paragraph, and then all of a sudden they introduce new information, you're like, I've got to actually write that completely again. So it's a way of just getting extra information now copywriters do differ on this so in um, the google community that we have i remember talking about this and and one of the copywriters i think his name is kevin was like i don't like to get clients that involved you know i like to send them the deck as polished as i can possibly get it to the point where i think it's perfect before i send it and again this is different ways of working that is one way because then the client just reads it and they're pretty much happy and you know that could work brilliantly i'm much more of a kind of 
let the client get involved, see the process, have more opportunity to give their comments and feedback. It works for me. It might not work for you. Um, I love the idea. I love the theory of it. I think if you keep it very bullet pointy and noty so that they can't because some clients will sort of go oh I didn't like this turn of phrase and you're like it's not about the turn of phrase yet yeah. just you know so you've got to be quite careful about that but I I think the challenge I would have with that approach is that I tend I think by typing yeah. so that would probably require a certain level of copy planning that I didn't always do sometimes right. the ideas came as I typed it out yeah, I get that. And I think, you know, there is often, often a huge evolution between the skeleton deck and the first draft. And I might say, hey, Nick, although you signed off that it was going to be these points, I've actually changed it now because blah, blah, blah. Yeah, um, I was, I was hit know. by divine inspiration. Exactly, exactly. Or just something occurred to me in the middle of the night and I had to include it. But that just might be another way to fact check your stuff before you, um, you go on. But getting back to the sign-off uh, process, um, so, you know, when did you get approvals throughout the project, Belinda, when you were working with clients? Um, I got approval of the proposal or at least the quote if I didn't do them a full proposal because often if you're working with the same client over and over again, you don't want to do a whole proposal over and over again. So some of your chats about price um, and inclusions and everything happen on email, but I would get approval of the price and the inclusions in writing in some form. Um and I would get approval of the copywriting brief, which I took after the deposit was paid. And that would be, you know, I'd have the chat with, uh, they, I'd get them to fill out the brief, I would chat through the brief with them, and then I would get them to read it through and approve that. And then, and then the final approval was that last draft. And I would make sure I got that in writing. Yep, well, that's pretty much the same as me. <laughs> that's good. And um, I only until recently didn't get kind of a formal sign off on that last draft. I'm kind of like, here it is. Thanks. Bye. Pay me. Um, <laughs> but um, I've recently um, put together a little another template. I'm obsessed with templates that is a, you know, a, an official sign off. So the client is literally saying, I agree that I'm happy with this copy. I'm done with it. And it's wonderful. And, uh, you know, also in that little template um, that I'll add a link to, there's a um, an area where the client can give you feedback, maybe even write your testimonial. So you kind of use it to kind of not only sign off the project, but maybe get some feedback on on your on your work. Um, that little final sign off is also important, I think, because what it includes is the fact that the ownership of the copy is not the client's until they've paid their final invoice. So they don't yes, have the copyright yes. of it yet. Um, so you can send a copy of that final agreement, you know, before payment and just get it signed. And it makes it it's another way of making sure that you get paid so that as I said you know processes change all the time that's only something I've done gosh in the last couple of weeks so oh, me too. Well, shows. not in the last couple of weeks but that's probably something I only added in the last year and yeah. as we've mentioned Anna Butler a few times <laughs> I totally nicked it off Anna Butler from copy break because she had this this little form that she used on a website and it got people to say yes I agree that um, the project is complete and, and Belinda has met her obligations and and uh, you can send me the invoice now and here are some answers to the questions you're asking me as a review of the project and that would become the testimonial. I think one thing we differ here though is I would actually say I will not send the invoice until I get this sign off um, whereas you sent the invoice, what was it, two weeks after the first draft, right? Yeah. 
So that's that's a slight difference in the process, and and there was a lot. There's a lot more uncertainty around mine because if if a client's going to be a jerk, like if they're not going to sign your sign off because they're not happy, um, and that doesn't mean they're a jerk. But if they're not happy and they're not going to sign the sign off, then my process meant that it was a lot more difficult for me to just send them an invoice. It was, you know, a point of contention then. Whereas with your process, I like that. First draft, the the, the invoice is coming because the work is in the first draft. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's just always been the way I've done it. I've never really thought of it that way. And, and to be honest, I, I can't actually, this sounds terrible, I can't actually think of any occasion where the client has gone, I really hate this copy at the end of that process and I'm not paying for it and I'm not going to sign it off. Um, so, um, and I think that might be because of that skeleton draft and the fact that I do involve them so much that when they get the final draft, they know. They mean, There's no like, surprises. Just There's no surprises. So I think, and also, you know, I think I will always keep working on copy until the client's happy. That is a given. Yeah. But I want the money in my bank account before I'm going to make that commitment, you know. So, um, you know, I will I will go over my amount of agreed amends. I will keep going if I haven't cracked it, but um, I want to be make sure that I'm paid for it. Money is very important to me. No, I so. think it's, it makes it makes complete sense and it's really smart. Um, but I think as, as well as uh, kind of separate to that invoicing thing is still getting this project sign off because if for some reason like you know two years later they suddenly come back and go yeah you know what the copy was rubbish after all and you're like well actually no it wasn't because you signed this off you signed off the brief you signed off the proposal you signed off the final copy and we're good here's my document to prove it yeah so that's why i've created that new template which i'll add a link to in the uh uh, in the show notes because I've always just relied on like an email or something and obviously two years later down the track it's pretty hard to find that email where it's pretty easy to save a signed scanned word approval document and just have that so it's you, your bottom is covered so um yeah I'll include a link to that so I think um I think we're pretty much done but I think um some important points that we both want to leave you with is that when it comes to the sign-off project and really sign-off of projects and the project management overall, you have to remember that you're in charge. You know, the client has come to you for a service. They're expecting you to tell them how it works and how you want to work. Now, they may have worked with other copywriters before and they may have some expectations of how it's going to flow, but you need to educate them on how you work and how you flow and what your processes are. Um, So, you know, be strong and be a leader set expectations stick to a timeline and follow through your client will really respect you for it and then not only will they love the copy that you produce but they'll love working with you as well which is equally as important sometimes in our last podcast we were talking about pricing and kind of how you set your prices especially as a new copywriter and stuff and and if you're uncertain about your pricing one thing you can invest in is your um processes so that you offer as great a customer experience as you can because that can really um support your copywriting and your business in those early years so i would say uh create a process work on your processes as you're doing process uh, as you're doing projects follow your own process um, and be smart about when you break the rules and I would say get regular approvals in writing through the project and at the end in writing is really really important because no one will remember what they told you over the phone yeah but that's so so true painfully true 
Well, that's it for this show. We want to end the show now with a shout out for one of our listeners. We're going to read a review that we've received um, on iTunes. And this week's review is from Sandy Taylor. And she says, I've learned so much from Belinda and Kate. Each episode is well worth the time taken to listen. If you're starting out as a copywriter or need to improve your copywriting confidence, this is the podcast for you. Wow, I love that. Thank you, Thanks, Sandy. Sandy. We love it. And thanks to you for listening. If you like the show, don't forget you can leave a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher or both. Your review will help others find us, make our day, and we'll give you a shout out on the show. You can also head to hotcopypodcast.com and leave your comments on the blog post for this episode. Until next time, thank you, Belinda. Thank you, Kate. Happy writing. Okay, so apart from my 30-minute, like, I hear myself talking, which she'll just edit out, that was another good one. Mm